Welcome to the Lotus Life Podcast. My name is Kim Fisher. I'm a mindset and manifesting coach, showing women like you how to find, refine, and sustain the life of their dreams in order to create a life of productivity, achievement, and happiness. I'm so thankful you're here. This podcast serves as a portal to usher us all forward into the highest expression our soul desires. Let's go get it. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to today's episode. It's so awesome to have you here. It's time to tell the story of Lotus Life Yoga Center closing and uh, and really give it to you in several parts. I was thinking about it. I think this is going to be a part one out of part two and part three, maybe even a part four. So I really hope that in telling this story, it inspires you. It gives you some ideas about what's going on behind closed doors when a business closes, maybe, and what it takes to find resiliency and patience. This is a story about me finding courage and vulnerability. And so I really hope that when you hear these, this, this part one, this part two, part three, that you can use this as fuel and inspiration for your own life. Anytime you feel like you're having hardships, you're experiencing some difficulty, anytime you want to leave or get out of a job or a relationship and you're just like, God, I can't yet. I just need to stick it out. This is a story that's going to help you find that tenacity, find that patience. And and keep your eye on the prize of what you really want. This is also a story about me just showing you all of my cards and being more vulnerable with you than I have in a while in these podcasts. And in doing so, I my my intention is to bring you in closer to me and my world and to also just help have you feel again that in many ways. If I go first, I can always report back and tell you how it was, how it is. And your job in hearing these types of vulnerable podcasts is to apply it to your life. Like think about what I tell you in these podcasts, and maybe you're not about to open or close an actual brick and mortar brick and mortar business, but maybe you're someone who is looking to get out of a very toxic relationship. Or maybe you're thinking about leaving a job. Maybe you're thinking about moving or ending a friendship. And maybe there's, maybe you want to start a new project, start a new job. Maybe you want to start a new friendship. And there's always going to be these moments where we're waiting, when we're in what I call the sacred pause. And I want to share with you how that was for me to be in the sacred pause several times throughout the closing of Lotus Life. Some of you know that this is the second time I have had Lotus Life open. So the first time the business was open from 2011 to 2016, and that was the golden years. It really was. Two locations. Uh, I had 20-something employees. Um, hundreds of students walking through the door every week, yoga teacher trainings, retreats to Costa Rica, 
multiple workshops, offerings, guest teachers, like celeb yoga, yoga celebrities coming to the studio, workshops with 30, 40 people, and wait lists out, out the door for people to get into hot yoga, aerial yoga, all of these really cool things. It was a mecca. It was a time. It was a time. Ugh. And I never reopened Lotus Life this time around with thoughts that it would be the same because I knew it. I, I knew it wouldn't. It would be it would be different because one, five years had passed since I closed it. I certainly was not the same person. And neither were you. Either if you were a part of the community, you know, you guys weren't the same. We've experienced COVID. And that really turned everything upside down. And also, you know, yoga had changed. How everyone was practicing, the styles that they wanted. I feel in many ways, and this is just my my viewpoint, that when I first had Lotus Life open, yoga in Central or in Syracuse, at least, was a lot more pure. And really about the Eightfold Path, about the Yamas and the Niyamas, there was this mysticism and serious to it, as well as a playfulness. Nowadays, I also feel like yoga is really even more so about the exercise component with a bit of philosophy woven in, but it's really about move your body, let's feel better, which is great. But I think when I came in the second time reopening, it was like, I don't want to be the same Lotus Life as before. And like I said, I couldn't even if I wanted to because I changed so much. But I also wanted to make sure that I up, upheld a lot of the same core principles that made Lotus Life successful the first time around. But there's no way I could have predicted everything that occurred while the doors were open. So reopening Lotus Life we call it Lotus Life 2.0. If you were a teacher there or you know some of the, the front desk help and some of the students, Lotus Life 2.0. And Lotus Life 2.0 opened a little over a year ago. Let's see, it was October 15th, I believe, of last year. And quickly closed a squeak over one year. Actually, it's Wednesday and just this past Monday. You're listening to it on Thursday, but I recorded this yesterday on Wednesday. And the official last day was last Saturday, and I moved everything else, swept, and locked up on Monday. So it was a really fast closed out. But anyway, everything was so beautiful in the beginning. There was a great reception from students. Everyone was showing up. There was all this excitement. People were coming in with tears in their eyes. Like, I can't believe you're back. This is so incredible. Oh, my God, such a gift, especially after the two years that, you know, of COVID. I can't believe you're here. I have people were coming in six, seven months after I opened, walking in, going, this is my first time back on the mat. So COVID really shook everyone up. and. It took a while for people to crawl out of that cocoon and that coma even of movement and feel like one, they were comfortable again in a group setting, but also two, that it was time to practice again. They had to like remember the benefits of yoga, I feel like. So that was so cool to see everyone come back. And then the holidays hit 
and people took off for the holidays and then Omicron hit. And then it was like, no one really came back after that. So there was like three months of awesomeness and then a true dip in attendance. And all the while, there was a maintain, like I was maintaining a class size of probably like seven or eight people, sometimes 12, sometimes 13. So there was still people, but there was nowhere near the numbers that were there when I first opened. Um, and it's certainly like in Lotus, Left, Lotus Life 2.0 when I first opened that. So I kept on trucking. I realized that it wasn't about the numbers. I made a deal with the universe that, and I manifested this. I didn't want a brick and mortar location again. Some of you know the story. I had a deep conversation with the universe. I said, what can I do for you to pave the way for you to show up more? And two words dropped in. The first was stop hurting. And the second one was circle back. And it was, I understood what stop hurting meant. That related to me letting go of my ex-husband more through the job I was currently in, which was in the tech world. I was hurting inside of that business and because it wasn't aligned with my soul at all. And circle back, though, didn't make sense. It took about six months since I got that download from Source until I realized what it meant. I was throwing my hands up in the air. I was at my wits end. I was in my living room. Um, and I was just like, I am so exhausted from working this full-time job in the tech world. And at the same time, I, you know, I'm so exhausted from running this coaching business, which, which now is my coaching business. But before I didn't, I thought it was just my yoga online yoga business. I didn't really know it would become what it is now, but I, I threw my hands into the air. I said, source, you know what I want and Give it to me in a way that when I see it, I will know it's from you. And I promise you, I will take action. And then I sat down and I cried because I was just fried. I was so exhausted. That night, my friend texted me to say, hey, did you know your old Lotus Life location is open? It's available. It's for rent. And I was like, "Uh, no, I didn't say I wanted a physical location. But then it hit me. We don't manifest what we want. We manifest how we're going to feel when we get it. The yoga studio matched everything I felt I wanted energetically. Community, love, the ability to teach what I know now, the ability to reach out and connect and really ignite passion and liberation in people. So I said, all right, this is a sign. This is a super duper sign. I'm taking it. And I reopened. So for me, I never opened because I wanted a brick and mortar. I reopened because the universe delivered what I manifested in physical form, which was the energy of community, love, service, teaching, manifesting, mindset, everything woven into yoga as well. I wanted to teach that to you guys. And I did. And so it was a no brainer to me that even though I would show up and some days, like after Omicron, Getting back to the timeline of the story, when in December, when Omicron hit and like attendance never really recovered, there were some days six people would be in class, seven people, then 10, then 12, then all of a sudden it would drop to two and it would hover around two, three, two, three, forever. And then it would spike a little. On those days where there's two people, I never once was like, 
oh my God, there's just two people. And I, and listen, you guys, those of you that have clients, those of you that run a service-based business, I'm talking to you right now. You've got to get it out of your head and out of your body that the number of people that you service is any representation of your greatness. So many times we look for this external validation of, oh my God, there's all these people. I must be doing something great. But if we're always using that external validation, that external metric of our level of success and ultimately our confidence filter, then what happens when that number decreases? You're going to feel like crap, right? And if you feel like crap, you're not going to give your all. Your quality of service is going to go down. But that one person that's in your chair or that one person that's that's sitting there on the yoga mat in front of you or that one person that's buying your product, they count. That one person matters. So this was a reminder for me and a lesson that even if the number goes up and even if the number goes down, I'm going to teach from my heart because I trust this partnership with the universe. I trust how it came to fruition. So as a result, I put on the schedule um, the manifesting class, which be at one point I was just like, I don't just want to teach yoga. Like no one was coming to the Monday at 4.30 time slot. I said, well, screw it. I'm going to teach a class that no one's ever taught before. I'm going to teach a class that I've never been in before. I'm going to teach in person the tools, the strategy, the mindset, that I've been doing for a year to get me to the point where I manifested the studio. I'm going to teach manifesting and meditation. And it took a while. It took a good five, six weeks before it actually took off. And there was definitely a moment, just, just a squeak in the beginning. I was like, oh my God, it's just one person. It's just one person. It's just one person. But I knew in my heart that it didn't matter. I had to just keep on believing. I had to keep the faith. And I did. I trusted the vision I held. I knew the power of my teachings. I knew that over time, if I just stuck with it, I would keep sending out this signal and it would grow and grow and grow like a broadcast. And I would pull in my people. And you want to know what, you guys? That is exactly what happened. Overnight almost, Monday night at 4.30 became like the hottest class on the schedule. Yes, it took about seven weeks or so, but key people who are now who are now my key students and my friends are walk through the door and literally like this is the most groundbreaking class I've ever had and this is exactly what I needed and I feel like a new person in this class. You know, I really feel like with Lotus Life, looking back, Lotus Life 2.0, I really feel right now, you guys, that I Lotus Life wasn't the room. It was the doorway. Here's what I mean by that. Business and my life, I always think about business and life like houses. There's rooms in every house and the house represents your entire life. And I often feel like, especially in a business structure, you know, you have different offerings. I've got yoga, I've got meditation, I've got this, I get that, I get retreats, one-on-one. Those are all different rooms inside the house. I often thought that Lotus Life 2.0 was a room in the house. And you would think that, right? But I now know it was it wasn't a room. I was never meant to stay in there. You guys were never meant to stay there. It was instead a doorway. 
there was a doorway that now allowed me to walk through and into my future, which is full-time mindset coaching and entrepreneurship coaching. I also believe that this doorway I was in for this period of time was also like a net. I was able to cast out and collect key key people. You guys, you're listening to this right now. You are the key people that I was able to collect in these early, early stages that now are on the significant journey of their lives along with me. And that means everything to me. I think that's sometimes how we have to go. We have to do life like that. We have to just go and say yes and do it and show up. And we think it might be turning into one thing, but it's really not. But all the while, it doesn't matter. You just have to trust. You have to show up. You have to give it your all. You have to do your best. Because at the end of the day, that's all that really counts for anything. And that's all that really matters. I gave that studio my all. And in this part two and part three, you're going to hear more about that and the emotional roller coaster that I really was on. And actually, I'm going to be revealing next next podcast things that no one knows about other than one other person and probably Brandon um, and him, my landlord at the time. So there's going to be, I'm going to spill the tea, give you the inside scoop and the details. And the reason I do that is because, again, I want, I love you guys. I respect you being here with me. And I really, don't think that there's any way for me to fully teach and educate without giving you the, the juicy details because they're a part of my growth. So I'm going to be giving you guys an inside scoop on everything that goes on and everything that did go on, emotionally especially. But today's this episode is really the entry point into the larger picture of the studio opening, the sustaining of the studio, and the closing. Sustaining the studio, to talk a little bit more about that, it was a roller coaster. There's ups and downs, and especially when it got toward the summertime. Summertime in general for a yoga studio is terrible. It's usually everyone's outdoors, everyone's traveling, no one wants to be indoors. And, you know, it's fall and winter usually because it's a seasonal business. That's when I get, I pick back up, but I never really picked back up. And summer was really, really light, but I adapted. I got outdoors. I taught yoga at Clark's reservation. Jesse, shout out to Jesse. She became a DJ and she was mixing live or in the park with us for Sonic Sunsets. And that was, it was really cool because that was like her burgeoning into her, her empire now, which is <clears throat> Just sonic spells, sonic mastery, and really paving the way for energy work with nature, with music, and it was really great to um, to see her have that experience and take it and run with it. But also just be there and see people outdoors, know that we can do this, and, and feel this like we can do anything we want as long as it's outdoors. Like we can we can create these experiences. Oh, and I did like forest bathing, which was so much fun. Shinrin-yoku. like. Because I realized if people are coming indoors, well, I'm going to meet them where they are. I'm going outdoors. So that's another little tidbit for you. Where are you stuck in your life because you're waiting for people to come to you? Listen to the story I'm telling you, you guys. Like, dig out the lessons from this because you, if you sit around and you wait for people to come to you, if you wait for the opportunities to come to you, a lot of the times it's not going to happen. So do what I did. Like get out there. What's the analogy for you? What's your version of 
getting outdoors and meeting people where they are. You know, some people, whether that's like, I, you know, they're not coming into my store or they're not coming to my website. Well, I'm going to go door to door or I'm going to go, you know, stand by this other coffee shop and ask permission and hand out some flyers or I'm going to team up with someone else or I'm going to this, I'm going to that. Like, where can you go so that you can actually be visible to people instead of hiding and then blaming it all on that? That was something I was happy I was able to pivot from really quickly. And it did. It helped. It worked. It brought awareness and it got me different people. People were willing to be outside because of COVID. There was that six feet, you know, even though the mask protocols weren't there, being outdoors really gave people permission to take care of themselves. So I'll save the the closing of the studio for the next couple of, of part two and part three, but Looking back right now, to summarize it all, again, this was a beautiful moment between the universe and I, and I now see that she was saying to me, this is what you said you wanted. I know it doesn't look like what you said you wanted, but it matches the energy and the feeling, and I agreed, and it did. I kept my end of the bargain. I opened up that suit. Running it was a real lesson in I'm not the same woman. And I knew that, but I also wasn't the same yoga teacher. And I found yoga, like straight up yoga to be lacking, if I'm really honest with you guys. And so I had to spice it up. That's why I just was like, screw it. I have to do what my heart says is the most powerful thing for me. And that was doing the manifesting and meditation class. It was putting Tantrasa on the schedule. On Thursday nights, it was leading hips and heart. It was leading breathe and hum. All these really creative workshops that <clears throat> really rocked people's world and gave them tools to feel manifesting one on one in person. Like I really discovered that I didn't necessarily want Lotus Life to be a yoga studio. I wanted it to be an event center, a wellness center. So now that I know that. What I feel right now, you guys, is that there's really no need for me to ever rent a studio space again because I can essentially do that anywhere, which is what I intend to do. Rent spaces, rent venue areas, and have you guys come and find me and do cool things in person without having this tremendous overhead saddling me and saddling Brandon. That was a lot of work. and. I don't want to get too far off topic here, but I also just want to add that when you have that level of financial stress, which I know a lot of you do right now that are listening to this, it's very difficult to keep the faith. It's very difficult to summon the energy and the creativity to go, yes, this is the right thing to be doing. I love my life. I'm going to keep going no matter what, no matter what my bank account says. I know that's so hard, but it's so imperative that you do. This is where if I didn't have my embodiment practice, if I didn't have my radical rituals, if I didn't have all the tools of breath work and meditation and doing everything that I teach you guys, I would have crumbled under the pressure of that business. So when you're feeling like your world is too much or the pressures of money are too much, you must get yourself moving. You must have an energy freedom 
um, technique that you do. You must do tapping. You must do mirror work. You must do your rituals. You must, because if you don't, you risk being all in your head. And that is a shitty place for anyone who's an energy worker to be in. It's a shitty place for anyone who is a spiritual embodied person, which you all are to be in. You cannot exist just from your head. You will make poor decisions. You will sabotage yourself. You will worry yourself sick. So I'm so grateful really to learn that I have these skills and I was able to put them into work. And as a result, I weathered the storm really well. It wasn't always easy. There was some really serious agitants and uh, a couple restless nights. But all in all, despite everything, I'm very proud of how I handled it. I'm very proud of the momentum I was able to build. And not only running the business, but also at the same time, building the Rise Revolution, building Manifesting Mastery Membership and all the courses that came out over the past year. You know, that that is part of the reason that I did want to close. So I will, like I said, share more about the closing soon. But I realized, you guys, that my heart really isn't in the business of running a studio any longer. My heart is here with you in this capacity. Teaching, sharing, and coaching you. Using holistic strategy. Using empowerment teaching. Through the lens of spirituality and Eastern philosophy, yeah, you will never be able to tease that out of me. And I don't ever want it to go anywhere. Yoga and its spirituality will always be a part of me. And now I get to weave it into deeper practices that I think are practical for your lives. So I'm really excited for what's to come. And I'm really excited to treat you guys to some amazing courses and amazing work that's going to transform your life even more. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this. And I really hope that you hear some lessons in this. And I hope that you apply it to where you are in your life. Just to understand that sometimes the situation and the moment that you're in feels like everything. But when you step out of it and you look back, you're going to realize that it was a transition. It was not the room you were supposed to stay in forever. And that's okay. It, it's hard. It's tough to realize that, but it is okay. And the more you allow yourself to be fluid and flexible and flow through your life and trust yourself, trust the universe, the easier it is and the quicker it's going to be for you to get to where you're supposed to be going in your life, which is your purpose. So there we have it. The closing of part one. I hope you guys enjoy that. And I hope you're intrigued to learn a little bit more. Next week's episode is going to be part two, where I dive into the sort of the tough and the shadow side, if you will, of the emotional roller coaster that I was on toward the end of the business. And I'm going to be giving you details that no one knows, but just a few people. And um, so that you guys can really understand more about the world of a business owner and what that looks like. Rallying even though you want to cry. <laughs> Staying with integrity even though everything seems to be falling apart. Resiliency, really. Professionalism. So I can't wait to share that with you. Thanks, guys, so much. I love you and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.